This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this late on a Tuesday night, the game after Christmas. Oh, it looked like a great present. Oh, a seven-win team in mm-hmm. Portland without two starters. I can't wait to Ooh. unwrap that one. Yeah. Unwrap it, open it up. Oh, I see a beam launched straight up into the air. Oh, what a gift. No, 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 no. They opened it. It was a piece of poop. Or coal. Or a piece of poop. Or, yep, poop. Yeah, it was ugly tonight. The Kings go to Portland. A Portland team, by the way, that's near the bottom in almost every offensive category. Scoring, shooting, points in the paint. And Portland was able to score a season-high 130 points. They shot 50%, had 60 points in the paint. The Kings' defense was outrageously bad. Fox and Sabonis combined for 77 points, yet the Kings lost. It was that type of night for the Kings. They fall in Portland 130-113 as they just started a stretch of games where seven of the next nine opponents are under 500. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by friends of Red Northwest Exteriors. Let me say that again. Northwest Exteriors. Check out their website, northwestexteriors.com. Morgan Reagan, we just got back from San Francisco where we are hosting Kings pre and post game. We've had some time to breathe and figure this one out, but I got to be honest, I need a sip of water because I got to get this shitty taste out of my mouth is that really why you're taking the sip of water that game is disgusting it's a a bit and he needed it um i said on post game though uh-huh this was beyond disappointing tonight agreed and if you're going to be a good team this these games can't happen bad games happen in the nba acknowledged Acknowledged. The Blazers are an NBA team. Uh-huh. And they played some competitive games. Let's not like just crap on the Blazers' talent. But what you saw tonight was just kind of an uninspired basketball game from the Kings. I thought they came out of the gates. We were watching it going, oh, God. The Kings cool. may roll with this one. Sabonis is getting anything he wanted. Kevin Herter knocks down a three. But at the end of the first quarter, I go, they're up by one? And they gave up 32 points. That was a theme. Second quarter got even worse when the Blazers went, what, on a 29 to 5? It was run? a huge was that ass what it was? run. I don't even remember the number. I, it was bad. It was huge. The Blazers outscored Sacramento 34, 35 27 in the second quarter. Luckily, Fox scored the last 10 points to make it a seven point game at the half, 67 to 60. But then the Blazers dropped 37 in the third. And then they outscore Sacramento 26-18 in the fourth for a final 130 to 113. It's not just the the number 
of yep. what they scored in each quarter. It's how yeah. they scored in each quarter. And I think that was the most frustrating thing when we watched tonight's game. Because when you watch the Kings take on the Clippers and they got James Hart and they got Paul George, they got Kawhi Leonard, and they're getting those line drives, you're still like, shit, this defense is bad. Like, that's yep. bad. Yep. You do not allow that. When you are watching one of the worst offensive teams in the league being the Portland Trailblazers, have those line drives, and then no adjustments were being made at the half in those line drives, points in the paint, continue to happen for this team. And they started knocking down some of their outside shots as well. It was just like, wow, this defense is absolutely atrocious, uninspired. I was just, I was disgusted by the defense. I think, that, and I think that's absolutely fair to say, and I'm sure they would say the same thing. Yeah, I just didn't feel like they got in the guys. I thought they were poor navigating screens. I thought the help defense was bad. And I also thought, to Portland's credit, God, do they just play? They play hard. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. They just, they may be shorthanded without Shane Sharp, without DeAndre Aiden, but they went out there like, we're going to get every like 50-50 ball. Yeah. We're going to crash the glass. We're going to play as tough as we can. And then the Kings made it a little easier by not playing good transition defense. Ooh. You mentioned their Ooh. ability to break down the Kings and get to the basket. It was Everything was too easy for Portland, and I don't care who the team is. If you play bad defense like that, you give NBA players confidence. This can be the result. I just want to challenge you on one thing because yeah. you said guys weren't getting into guys. There was moments like a okay. moment. You're right. Darren, I thought had some better moments. Darren, there was. I know there was a one play. Grant. I think you referenced with Jeremy Grant yep. where he was getting really into him physical. That I think that you know Grant was physical enough that Fox tried to sell contact. There was moments. Yeah. There, th- so that that's what, but like those moments, but here's the thing, even in those individual moments with players, whether it was a Keegan moment, whether it was a block, um, you know, I think Keegan even had a block early on, a De'Aaron moment, a Sabonis moment. Like even if they had those moments, the entire possession was never executed. It yeah. was always ending in some, some missed shot. Oh, great contest. Oh, the defense actually rotated over to a long rebound timed awfully by the Sacramento Kings throughout the entire game though. Like I understand it happening even in a full quarter being like, all right, you got to figure that out. Like how can you, I, there's going to be weird bounces, but an entire game of weird bounces feels like it more of an effort thing by the other team. And that's where I just felt like Portland was doing a really good job of, of um, having a lot of effort in vibing off of each other's energy and momentum and taking that even when De'Aaron was trying to shut them down in that before going into the half. Looking at some of these numbers, I mean, Reith comes in, gives you 25 and 9. Scoot Henderson, 17 points, 11 assists. Jabari Walker at 17. All three of those players off the bench. Yep. I mean, this was a night where Jeremy Grant had 13 points. Those guys were outstanding. I mean, the bench production from Portland was great. And, you know, I, I thought as the game went on, too, you could just sense the confidence even someone like scoot who's had a rough year maybe hasn't lived up to the expectations right of being one of the top picks in the draft dealt with injuries not shooting well there's a lot of hype surrounding him duh but you felt like oh that's scoot henderson tonight yep. like that was the scoot i think blazers fans have been kind of waiting to see we go oh these are the flashes of what could be a really special player some of it was like, oh, too easy early on. But then he had some incredible finishes around the basket. A beautiful re- reverses. He started knocking down some shots. 
he played with a lot of confidence tonight. And I, I just, I'm just disappointed. I, I think we, we, this has been a theme where this is the ninth time this year the Kings have been down 20 in a game. That's just too much, and they right? Were, they were missing two starters, which you started the yeah. show pretty much mentioning. Then, and, and on the flip side, yeah. the first time this season the Kings have had a fully healthy roster. Alex Lynn yes. was available tonight. He did get in very late in the game in the final two minutes when it was out of reach. Yeah, and I, and I you know, that's the rotations, all those things are, are obviously stuff we can um, talk about. Like, even when the Blazers were going on that run in the second quarter, and in some ways I'm like, I like that Mike Brown's not calling a timeout. In other ways, I'm like... They're not okay. <laughs> like they need, they you know need what? help. I'm, I was fine with it because at some point you need the guys on the floor to figure, to like it, figure the it out. out. Like, yeah, does Mike Brown have to call a timeout and rip them? Like yeah. figure it out on the floor. And that's where like Fox a bonus, like talk to your guys, get through it. This should not be happening. And it kind of ballooned. And I, look to the King's credit at the end of the first half <laughs> is where I'm going to give him credit. It was like, it felt like, okay, they woke up. De'Aaron's like, I'm going takeover mode. I'm going to try to play physical, get some stops, knock down some shots. De'Aaron Fox ends up with 43 points in this game. Hit a career-high seven threes. He was 7 of 15 from downtown. Hell he yeah. had eight rebounds. He also had uh, four assists and five turnovers. Sabonis so had a season-high 34 points, 12 rebounds, five assists. And they lost. You know, and so Was I, I think there's effort? so much you can look at. Oh, Hey man, the Kings really struggled like with their offense. No one outside those guys did anything. I don't care about. I thought if the Kings played average defense tonight, just average defense, they win the game. Yeah, and you know these are the type of games you look at and go, you play like this. Good luck. Like the the West is too good this year. You can't dick around. This is the tie, This is the run of games you have coming up here where you have to do well. You're playing a lot of losing teams. You haven't played a lot of teams in the East yet, the fewest in the NBA. Now you're getting some of these East teams starting to come about. How are you going to handle that? And I think the way they play tonight, it's like good luck beating anyone unless you're knocking down threes. Like, and they have not been able to do that, especially tonight, 10 of 42 from three. Yeah, and so you're looking at it, and you're not seeing contributions from everybody, from the team. And I get it. There's going to be those nights when some guys have their nights yeah. and other guys don't. But this was one of those nights where it was like Sabonis and Fox were doing everything, and we're like, okay, guys, who wants to, like, jump on this momentum train? Let's take it into the third. Oh, no, no one no one wants Okay, let's take it into the paint, maybe. Let's keep punishing everybody in the paint. Oh, nobody... Okay, just about okay. I've just felt like that end of the floor too. Guys were settling for outside shots. They weren't taking it enough. When you're playing against a team that has terrible defense in this league when it comes to points in the paint. And so Sabonis knew, obviously the game plan was to like go at them, give it to Sabonis, he's going to go. And it felt like they got that right away. Sabonis continued to do that throughout the game, but you just weren't feeling that from everybody, um, especially with some of those outside shots that were being missed, that were being shot, like you said, shooting 24% from three-point land. Sido's game says, so the rest of the team outside Fox went three of 27 from three? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought Keegan had some great looks he missed. He was one of seven. Monk was one of seven as well. Harrison Barnes, 0 for 3. Herder hit one early. He was one of five. And that's like another guy we should talk about. I mean, 
the starting shooting guard spot has been disappointing this year for the Kings. I know we hit a, a little bit last game, but, but Morgan, we were out like, of it. another time in which like he's playing under 22 mm-hmm. minutes. No. And I, his confidence looks shot right now. Yeah. I understand you're gonna you're missing shots and it's messing with you, but you got to keep playing. Gotta I do feel the like other things. He is a perfect example of a guy that when his shots going, it feels like all aspects of his game are getting are deflections. Oh, yeah. he's denying like hitting his the mid range, yes. setting up guys yes. that you know having five assists, six assists in a game. And tonight it was just like oh, I'm missing shots. There were some bad defensive moments, and then. You know, Mike Brown doesn't play him much at all in the second half. I think once he came out in that third quarter, he didn't come back in. And so this has been a theme for him where your starting shooting guard, who was very impactful last year, even though he may have had some weaknesses, we know this, but impactful enough to be red hot from three at times, shot 40% from three. His shooting has dipped a bit. His playmaking has dipped. His confidence doesn't look the same, and and they really need to figure that out to get him going because this team is not going to have the success they need to have if they can't get him going in the starting lineup. Yeah, and and I I don't know what that is, right? Like, why would his game take such a big dip? It's not like you see last year as just a fluke for Kevin Herter. In fact, you would expect for someone to have that type of game around a system that seemed like it was fitting his game well to find growth, to develop to a different level. And for it to not find its rhythm, and now now Mike Brown already lit the fire under his ass in training camp, trying to start other guys, being like, look, I'm going to have some issues here if Kev can't get it together. Then everyone was calling for Kevin Herter to not start anymore, whatever. And then he started, he, he had a few games and everyone's like, okay, okay. He's good. He's going to figure it out. Keegan Murray had a few games. Okay. Okay. They're both figuring it out. Now you're seeing more and more games. Like you said, your starting shooting guard is not making the impact that the rest of this team needs to see, especially with the minutes that he's supposed to be playing. And I think someone else is mentioning it too in our chat. It's like the depth for the Kings isn't looking too hot right now. Sasha Vizenkov isn't one, not exactly what everyone was expecting him to be. But two, I also think sometimes he gets too short of a leash and he should be able to make more mistakes and be left out there just a little bit longer. Like, let him experience this game and figure out his game because I think he is such a smart player with so much length that just needs to keep working on his conditioning. I agree. I think there's, I mean, I've kind of said the same thing about Herder where, you know, there's certain guys that like he, he's a confidence guy. And I think sometimes showing some confidence in him would be, all right, keep going out there and figure out, figure it out. You know? Um, and I, I agree with you on Sasha. It's like, he's going to make some mistakes out there. I, I know. But what I do know is more times than not, he's trying to make the right plays, right? He's going to try to do the right things offensively. He could space the floor, knock down the three, he gets deflections. He's tipping balls out, getting yeah. offensive rebounds. Yep. Like I, I just like his activity. It's, it's not perfect. No. It's not at all. And and that's where I think like beyond besides Fox, Sabonis, and I think Murray's been doing enough this year where he's not on a short lease. Feel, feels like everyone else has a pretty short leash. Harrison has a longer leash than some of those other guys like Herder and the bench guys. 
But it's like if those bench guys don't bring it, like he's like, ah, I'm not playing them. And, yeah. And I, I think that's it could be tough for, for players to deal with that sometimes. Well, look at someone like Davion Mitchell, for example. Like that's someone who's now just getting DMPs tonight, seeing a few minutes, you know, just garbage yeah. minutes, whatever. One of my favorite things that they showed on the broadcast was after Keon Ellis had gone and maybe there was a timeout by Mike Brown, whatever. There's just this shot of Davion talking to Keon and going in like pointing stuff out and just still being a, a, a vocal teammate and, and sharing his thoughts and educating someone like to the guy that pretty much took his backup point guard position. And I think it just, it shows you a little bit just from the outside optics, at least it's like, okay, things are good. These guys still play with so much joy, even if they're not getting those playing those minutes, like they all like each other. There's, there's good style of basketball there. Mike Brown is a good coach. All these things are going for them. So why the hell is it taking this big of a drop in some of these losses, especially on the defensive end? Like, yeah, I, I'm not blaming it on effort. I'm, I'm blaming it on like, um, almost technique. And and just because Morgan, they, here's the, the reality. What best case scenario? This roster, yeah, that's in front of us right now. Best case scenario is an average defensive team. That's their ceiling. Is average, okay? Average. Okay. They were 14th at one point. I think last week they were 14th in defensive rating. Wow. Which would be a huge, you know, huge, improvement from right. last year. That's their peak. They don't have the pieces to be a consistent defensive team because they don't have the personnel to be a consistent defensive so team. So why can't they hang around their peak? <laughs> it's because it's hard to do, I get, right? I, it's hard to do when you're just kind of yeah. average. You're, that means you're going to have some really good moments and you're going to have some bad moments. We saw like stretches tonight where it's like, oh my God, okay, they're, they're starting mm. to get locked in. And then it'd be like not securing a rebound. It's like, wait, you just had... An amazing defensive possession yep. where the activity is there, the rotations are there, the communications there, and someone mistimes a jump on a rebound. And or then someone Malcolm does a Brogdon's box getting a quick, easy two. Yep. Like it's nothing. And that that's the other thing. It's like, okay, so if you're not recovering that rebound, how are you not recovering still on the play? Yeah. Like how does everything just like do you black out and everything yeah. end for you? That's what it's starting to feel like on a lot of these possessions uh, and, and – uh, them not being able to execute the entire possession. But at the same time, I just I just feel like with their defensive strategy and how we have seen it come together and be engaged and be focused with players that aren't elite defenders, sure. it has reached so many good moments that I'm just like, it's there, but... No, because it's not. It's their average. Okay. And th that's the difference. It's like... Even if they have better moments this year defensively. Yeah. Which they're they just, have. It's tricky. It's like gaslighting me. Like, what is it doing? No. It's just they're average defensively, and their offense is as good this year. Okay. I mean. That's fair. A lot of times I mean, last year. The facts. They were knocking down a ton of threes. I think the three-point percentage, someone in our Discord was mentioning this earlier, is actually the same, exact same as it was yeah. last year. But it just seems like the highs yes. are there, and then the lows. Yes. When it, I mean, they, they hit eight against Minnesota. They hit 10 of 42 tonight. And like I said earlier, seven of those came from De'Aaron Fox. So, you know, I, I think tonight was more about approach than anything. Like, they they just came out to me a little nonchalant. Like, I don't know. I just felt like they they looked at that Blazers team and went, they're 7-21. We, well, we, can, we can beat them offensively tonight uh -huh. because we... 
we know they don't have any real size in there to protect the paint. We'll get what we want. We'll knock down some threes and adios. They look like they were going up yep. against a high school team in those first few minutes, yeah. right? And then once the Blazers like found their confidence, it was and and the Kings and the Kings. Not only did the Blazers find their confidence, oh my god, the Kings yeah. oh, took a deep breath and were like, "We got this. This will be easy tonight." And it's like, no, these are all NBA players yep. too. No matter what, it is still going to be a game with effort, with guys that want to be out there and try and get a W um, on their record. And that's exactly what the Blazers did. And hats off to them because I thought they did a great job of staying with it and making the Kings look bad on so many defensive possessions that, yeah, it, it's just... It's, they, they had great activity. Like, it's... You could tell the guys who were getting a little more run tonight off their bench, like brought in extra energy because look, they're on a bad team and they're trying to get NBA minutes. Opportunities. You know, a, a game like this for Reef, like what's that do for his confidence? A game like this for Scoot, fantastic. And, you know, got to be careful too. And this is why we keep going, hey, remember, these are NBA players because yeah. you don't want to act like, well, the Kings just allowed him to score at will. It's like, no, I felt like. That some of the Kings, the Kings made some mistakes in transition, right? Not picking up, like, the guy with the ball. You, you oh, gotta worry about oh. him. Let's stop ball, right? <laughs> Little things like that, or not paying attention to the guy who's trailing, who's yes. going to go by right by everybody and get a basket. Like, it's too easy for sure. But they also played with such great energy right scoot got confident he's attacking wreath finishing around the basket they they played well i thought as the game went on too into the second half i thought their defense was pretty engaged and that's the one thing we should mention with portland is you know we talk so much hey they're terrible at uh, defending the paint but yeah. on the season coming into tonight they were 17th in defensive rating teams do not shoot the three well against them mm -hmm. at all and Look at that. Sacramento was 24% from three in this game. So, yes, as you mentioned, give the Blazers credit. I just maintain that, like, for Sacramento, we've seen them when they're locked in. And if they just played more of an average game tonight, they 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 win. But they didn't have the right approach. And I my whole point is they could have fought through some of these offensive struggles and fought through the fact that they were 10 for 42 from three if they played better defense, got deflections, got out and ran, but the Blazers ended up shooting 50%. The Blazers end up knocking down 16 of 40 from three, and the Blazers in the game end up with 10 turnovers. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, just not enough. That's what was frustrating. Just not enough. Uh, yeah. You look at the Kings, five steals, seven blocks. Uh, you know, one of... Uh, I feel I felt like a lot of those came early on in this game too when they were feeling yep. good, feeling it. But um, but yeah, too many mistakes being made on both ends of the floor, and it's just it really sucks on a night like this where Fox is one point shy of his career high, and this is what we have to talk about. And we talked about this on post game show too. Was that I'm really glad that Mike Brown didn't leave him in to get. Uh, a new career high yes. and it being a shitty loss like yes. this. There's no way you could have kept him in there for that. I put a poll question up. That's what is it? This is great. You know, because people get higher though. I think these are the post game shows. Like the, the, the more frustrated people come out, which for is sure. I love it. Yeah. They're all fans. Uh, the poll question is, are you concerned after this loss? The options are yes. Bad loss a little bit 
Not at all. Bad night at the office. Oh. Where are you falling I on this? I knew you were going to ask me. Um, I would say, uh, again, because my expectations are higher than what they were now than last year. Um, but you have to be rational when it's sports and things happen quick and change quick. I would just go a little bit. Like it's, it's a bad loss. So I'll take that and put it next to bad loss, but a little bit. 72% of people say, yes, they're (laughs) concerned. It's a bad loss. Um, I'm, I'm at a little bit for sure. I mean, I, I think I'm so curious to see how they respond in Atlanta where they haven't really played well in years past, but how they respond against a Hawks team that they should be playing desperate, right? They've lost three in a row. They've lost, I think, nine of 12 after a nine to nine start. So how are they going to play against that, that that team? And then the next game after that, you're taking a, on a Grizzlies team that uh, record-wise looked bad. But they're now that John Morant's back, Jeez. they're 4-0 with John Morant. Uh-huh. So it's not the same team. So anyway, go ahead. More and more teams start to figure it out. Yep. It, you know, after we always put that 20-game uh limit on some of these teams or 20 game measuring stick, whatever you want to put it. And you figure out what some of these teams are or, or how they're going to play the rest of the season. And I think when you look around the league and then you look at the Sacramento Kings and you go, this, this isn't good enough to, to be where you want to be. This is good enough to fight for, you know, a playoff spot. Definitely. But the West just keeps getting better. Like, the, there are teams, like, we just mentioned it on the last podcast after they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves, how we used to laugh at the T-Wolves getting Gobert and Cat and be like, oh, how are the pigs going to work there? That's so funny. What are they thinking? They're starting to figure it out. Even with Cat out, they are different opportunities, different style of play for all these other guys. They're starting to figure out. And I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of these teams in the West that made some of those changes last year. Of course, you use the Minnesota example when they get blown out tonight against OKC 129 to 106. Well, they but sure I think games. your larger issue, it, it, the, the, your larger point is, yeah, the West is very good. And look, the Kings are 17 and 12. All right. They came in tonight fourth in the West with the loss. They dropped to six. I, standings watch is way too early. But if you look at where we're at in the standings. Yeah. I mean, Denver's 22 and 10. They're number two. OKC, who the Kings have beat twice, 19 and 9. The Clippers are 18 and 12. The Mavs are 18 and 12. The Kings 17 and 12. The Pelicans 17 and 14. The Rockets 15 and 13. Lakers 16 and 15. 15 and 15 Warriors who have climbed back to 500, right? Suns are 14 and 15. That's a lot of teams close together. And I think that's another thing. Like I, I keep reminding myself, I'm like, well, I've seen the Kings beat Minnesota this year. I've seen them lose to Minnesota. I've seen them beat Denver. I've seen him beat OKC twice, once without Fox. They got dominated by the Clippers. They beat up on Dallas. They've got a chance to take on New Orleans in a couple of weeks, but they've lost all those games. They lost twice to Houston without Fox. They beat the Lakers twice, and they beat the Warriors once. Like So my whole point is these teams are bunched up. Yeah. The Kings have a lot of flaws. So do these other teams. Absolutely. So these other teams. But, and you know what maybe gives me that like PTSD type yeah. situation going on is when they get in these holes. Because 
I remember that that is always what they used to do as a losing team. They would just get in holes and never be able to crawl out of it, right? Where this team, to me, it for the Kings, is too good of a team to get in those 19-point holes, those 20-point holes. And how many times has that happened this season? And I don't even know how many times that they've actually bounced back from it. I, all I remember is the Golden State Warriors game, the IST game, yeah. down 24, found a way to fight back and get the win. It's like, hey, it's an ugly win, but it's a win. Great. We'll take it. Even with this one tonight, how many times where it was like, oh, it's a six-point game in this fourth quarter, and then finally when the Blazers just pulled away, it was like, oh, yeah, this the Blazers, is their game. Hey, that's where I give them a lot of credit tonight. They responded to the Kings' runs where I'm like, are they gonna, Are the Kings about to really take control and, yep. and, and, and get the lead and not turn back? And Fox, his th- so Monk and Fox hit back-to-back threes at the 242 mark. I told Morgan this at the time. I said, this final three minutes of the third is the game. Oh, yeah. I did. Just said, I was right. just said a few things. What else did I say? The 50-ish. I said if the Kings held them to 50-ish points in the second half, that they'd win. And then we asked him, what Which does 50-ish mean? And he said, that's like 37 to 52. That's not well, what I said. I said you say? 48 to 52. It's 50-ish. So if, the, if they did that, they would have they would have won tonight. Oh. But anyway, I said the final three minutes of the third was pivotal. Yeah. They were down 11 with three minutes to go, okay? Uh-huh. Monk knocks down his first three of the game at the 242 mark. Then oh. Fox hits a three. It's 96-89. Literally like 26, like 20 seconds later, <laughs> it's 102-89. And at the end of the quarter, it's 104-95. And you're just like, Fox just had 14 in the quarter. He's got 35 in the game. It's still in reach, but it just felt like the Kings are going to close. And then the Blazers would answer a run. Simons had big moments. He had 29 points, hit five of 12 from three in this game. We even mentioned him. Brogdon hit some big threes in this game, and their bench was awesome. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to make this like, hey, the Blazers are a joke, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, no, you also give them credit. Like, they they played well tonight, but Sacramento, I thought, had they, they lost this game really in the second quarter. Yep. The, the what giving up a big run like that, like this is a team you you put away, and then how they respond to the third was not. But good enough. also not being able to find a way to to jump on your star players back in Deer and Fox and be like, okay, like, hey, he just did this in the last minute fifty three before the half. Scoring 10 points, doing everything. It was like, jump on my back, everyone. Let's go. It's like everyone's like, no, we're good. We're not going to jump on your back. We're just going to, we promise we'll meet you there. We'll meet you there. And nobody ever met him there. And then, and all you had to do to meet him there was not play like him on the offensive end, just do something on the defensive end. Do Grab a rebound. Make sure that you are finishing off a defensive possession or maybe cutting off a line drive. Simple things. Don't let guys so easily go in the middle. Push them baseline. Push them sideline. Do whatever you have to do. You're exactly right with a lot of the ways that you described the defense tonight and what they weren't doing. It just wasn't there. I, do, I want to do some quick math for a second, Morgan. Okay. So yeah. five, seven, ten. Oh, no. 12, 14, 15. I don't do math. 15. So remember, r- write down 15, please. Ah, write down 15. 15. 15, please, please. Okay. Plus 11. Plus. <laughs> okay, you don't have to be quiet during oh, this, Morgan. Well, you, I like, don't know if you have to concentrate. Like, I can't concentrate on two things as, at once. Okay. <laughs> but I'm still going to be quiet. So. 15. Okay. 
15 and 48. Remember 15 and 48 for me, okay? That's okay. This is getting... Just write it I got down it. on your computer. Why do you have a computer? <laughs> My God. Why are you yelling? 15 and what? 48? Yeah. Okay. There we go. There we go. Okay. One of you guys could have wrote it down for me in the chat. What are we doing, huh? There's no way this we is were accurate. So the Kings... So let me just do this real fast, okay? So I said 15, right? 15 and 48. Oh, my God. This is so bad. What? De'Aaron and Sabonis were 30 of 45 shooting. Okay. Okay. The rest of the team was 15 of 48. I mean. Oh, my God. it's It's really bad. Here's my question, too. When you looked at this Kings in their offense tonight. Who was the set third leading scorer tonight? Guess. Uh, was it Monk? Uh, no, it was Harrison Barnes with nine. Jesus. Oh, and the Monk No, had I seven. said Barnes. Jesus. <laughs> no, I said Barnes. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, here's my question. When yeah. you looked at this offense tonight for the Kings, I, I didn't feel like they weren't... I, I felt like they were running through actions like all the way through... Um, they're setting some stuff up. I just felt like at the end of some of these actions, they're settling for those threes. Oh, when, late. They definitely were. I okay. thought late that that was what was happening. Yeah. I thought in the first half, to be honest, I wasn't totally concerned. I was like, God, I think it's just lock in a little better defensively. The shots were fall. I, I didn't, I felt like definitely they were okay. playing desperate basketball and trying to force stuff. And it was like, then Fox is going in hero mode. Cause he's going, well, uh, I'm probably the only guy that can get anything going at this point. So I'm going to do that or Sabonis. That's all we have. Guys are just missing a ton of shots. I thought Keegan missed some wide open looks in the first half. Yeah. Some wide open yeah. ones. And look, he's had a really good month. I think coming into tonight, he was averaging just under 20 points a game in 11 games. Of course. Last five, averaging about 25 a game. So he's had some great moments recently. He had an off night offensively. I, I just, to me, I'm less concerned about. I am too, that about that. the offense. I, I get that. I get that. But I think it's very important when you look at the story of this game. Like, obviously, the, the story is defense shit, and that <laughs> is something you can control. Sometimes you can't control your shots going in and out. But if we really are going to break down this offense tonight and see how many shots, 48 shots mm. being shot by the other teammates that were not named Fox or Sabonis, in those 48 shots, only 15 of them made. Okay. And <laughs> and on top of that though, you you just go, where were the adjustments then? If those shots aren't being made, really, really you're yeah. gonna tell me all the guys that were playing tonight, nobody was able to make some sort of adjustment against this Portland Trailblazers defense, especially a shittier defense when it comes to points in the paint. Yeah. That's all. I just I and that's why I'm just like looking back and thinking about this game and well, it's just you know, really frustrating. I mean, that's one area where you're wondering, like, okay, were they too focused on the mismatches? And I know something that Mike Brown mentioned, I don't know when that was. Must have been a month or two ago at practice. And Sabonis had talked about it. It's like some of the changes that they've made offensively this year is one of them is like, hey, we're going to look for those mismatches. We're yeah. going to look to attack these mismatches, which I get to a certain extent. But I think the best basketball is free-flowing. You know, and when the Kings are at their best, it's not so much focused on, okay, Sabonis has a mismatch down there. Let's get him the ball. Yeah, that for sure. Like, if it's there, but also, like, let's keep everybody involved, too. Let's keep moving the ball 
ball reversals, attack the paint, spray, get the defense collapsing and moving around. Make them work defensively because if you're just trying to force it down low or, or trying to force these mismatches, like it may not always work. And these teams adjust. And 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 that's it's can be free flowing, but still have discipline to it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you're making sure you're relocating with your point guard, or you are. Um, setting that down screen, whatever it is, or like you said, like the spray three, whatever the movement is within this freedom of this offense, like you're doing it and you're doing it right. And you're trying to do it to make everyone better and make an impact there. Yeah. And they're just, you're not seeing that. You are not seeing that. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oost in the chat, or is it Oosie? I always mess it up, my bad. Says not one loss this year was an acceptable loss, like a loss where you go, damn, they tried but came up short. Every loss this year has been a what the F was that? You know, for the most part, I think you're right. I think the one that I, I pushed back on was the one against Golden State. I was going to say where De'Aaron Fox did not play and Sabonis hit the mid-range shot that looked like it was going to be the game winner. Then Clay Thompson hit the game winner. At the buzzer That's over the Davion. One. That was the one. The other losses, that's a, might as well just look at it. The first one against Golden State, they were competitive. That was a tough one, okay? The Houston games, awful, okay? Awful. The New Orleans games, awful. Oh, my God. They they played better late in that second New Orleans game, but still not a good game overall. Um, the home game against Clippers was not very good. I the Pelicans that game, one. that was an in-season tournament game, right? Yeah, that wasn't good. Oh, yeah. That, that, yep, yep. Okay. I mean, it looked closer than it really was. But yep, no. That cl- the one against the Clippers on the awful. road we talked about, that was an awful loss. The Boston. Boston game was really bad. Although now I'm like less like, it was bad, but I'm like, God, Boston's just so good. Um, and then the Minnesota game. Yeah, you know, I, I felt like I was more irritated by it, but I'm like, you know... They made it a game late. They missed a lot of shots. I felt like they actually played hard in that game. Like that, the defense had better moments. In the that is half. the closest yeah. one, and they yeah. came but out. They came out that. strong. There's yes. too many, and yes. to his point, too many of those. There's not and, like a loss where like yeah. they played really well in that one, but man, it's just a better team. Like I know you want to say that about Boston, but they didn't play well. Well, this Portland one, you go. Ugh. This is a game that you go. This is a once, twice a season max for a good team to lose like this right that's where the good teams they go oh we play friday in atlanta we are coming out with a relentless approach yep we're gonna get after these guys and win that game memphis yeah that's gonna be tough joss playing well then you take on charlotte okay orlando that's a tough matchup that team is playing some good basketball they play defense they've got length they've got size that's gonna be tough Toronto, I I don't. Toronto's all over the place, but like, okay. <laughs> then you've got New Orleans at home. Oh no! I swear to God, if, if they play Detroit on January 9th in Detroit, and then they have at Charlotte, Detroit this, has to get a win before that. But uh, please, I'd hope so. <laughs> I Morgan, 
if we can if we get to that point, I need to look at Detroit's schedule real fast. <laughs> Detroit, by the way, set an NBA record tonight oh. with their twenty seventh consecutive loss. Let's also remind you of this. Uh, they started two and one. Imagine oh being God. they're two and one, feeling good, lose twenty seven in a row. Uh, coming up, their next game, the Boston Celtics. What's the spread going to be in that game? Forty oh. five. My, at Boston. That would be hilarious if that's when it comes to I, that. I, that's what I'm thinking. If if that's the one, because Boston's like, hey, we can take it easy tonight. Yep. Um, then you got, then they play Toronto. Then they go at Houston, at Utah. At, I mean, let's be honest about it. You can look at the schedule all day, and you go, you go. Well, how are they ever going to get a win? Detroit's going to win at some point. You do not want to be the team Mm-mm. that plays and they end the streak. Yep. Do you... It's the worst. It has to be the worst. It's like, oh, you lost to the shittiest of shitty teams. I mean, historically yeah. shitty. And yeah, no, just just hope that the Pistons get a win before the Kings either way so they get it out of their system. Um, because if the Kings were playing the way that they were playing tonight, and again, no disrespect to Portland because I think it is important when you go down their list and you go, Okay, I mean, there's still there's still guys like Simons. You got Brogdon. You got Grant. Um, you had we already talked about what Scoot did off the bench. Thibault did defensively, and oh, hey, uh, and, he, and he knocked down two threes. What about him? But that's a name we, we've, we've heard we've about. Talked about him before. Yeah, I know. And you're still interested? Yeah. Okay. Good defender. I think he did a nice job, Malik Monk tonight. Yeah. Gets after it. Yeah. Shooting's not great, but. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's better than it was. It's really tough. I'm excited to hear who is rumored when it yeah. comes to trade conversations, just because I go, I go, look, I can't sit here today. I mean, I, I mean, of course everyone can. I know that's like some people's favorite things is being like, wait, what if you made this change or this change or this change? Then, then you feel also disappointed when certain things don't happen and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and you go like, how can they not get this done? Well, you don't know whose agent is friends with who sometimes or what relationships are also and connections are also going on behind the scenes too. And sometimes that ultimately takes a player somewhere else. I I feel like... They're going to make a move, and this is not based on the info. I'm just saying it. I feel like they're going to make a move before the deadline. Like, And when I say before, I mean they're not going to wait until deadline day. We should go back and look at podcasts and see if that's what you said last year. I did not. For sure? Probably not. <laughs> not. No, not, I, hey, not 100%. No, because I, I don't usually worry. And I'm not. I, they're sitting at 17 and 12, uh-huh. and I'm not, like, concerned. But I think. Everyone who watches the Kings, even if you're the ultimate doomer, like, oh, they suck, I told you so, or the people are like, I don't know, I was kind of concerned, and now I see it. I think you would ask 90, my point is you ask 98% of Kings fans, excuse me, you ask 100% of Kings fans, 98% of them are going to be like, yeah, they they definitely need to make a a move. Like, the the weaknesses that they had last year are the same weaknesses that they have this year, and their offense just hasn't been as good. And this is the result. You you have games like this. Let's just be real. That's every fan base with every team. It doesn't matter who. Sure. No, but my, how that's not good my the point. Team. No, that's no. not my point. My point is that even the most rational of people can admit tonight, today, whatever, during the stretch, that this team is not good enough. Like, 
if they had yeah that's... an expectation like to be like if you had expectations for this team to go and get out of the second round i don't know that you could still have those expectations after watching this team play almost 30 games this year correct i i think the reality is some of these teams in the west have has just been healthier this year kings are not playing as well as they did last year, but their record's still solid. It's not like this is like, oh, the season's over because they lost to Portland, but I think it's fair to say that they could use a move. And, and at this point, last year, the Kings were 16 and 13. They're 17 and 12 right now, so yeah. they're still ahead of that. No, and I and I think it's, it's again, whenever we try go back and compare the records from this year to last year at this time, it's how... Again, how they're losing these games and expectations being higher because it's like, oh, you think this team's going to get into this, uh, get out of the first round of playoffs? Not like this. No, not like this. They're just, there are too many good teams in the Western Conference, yeah. especially this season. And that's why I'm going to be fascinated to see like who makes that first move in the West. I mean, you think about, bouncing around the league real fast more or bouncing around the West. Yeah. So the Lakers just made a change to the starting lineup. They're trying to figure it out, right? Like they're Gabe Vincent. They just lost him for six to eight weeks. He's having some surgery on the knee to clean some things up. They're, they're tinkering. Like there, there's some urgency here to to really get this going. The the whole thing with him was, Hey, if AD stays healthy, it's going to be great. Well, AD has been healthy this year and it still hasn't been good. They've had some injuries too, but like, there's some urgency there. Think about Phoenix. This time last year, Phoenix did not have Kevin Durant on their team. Well, now, like, Durant's there. Booker's still there. Beal hasn't really played. Their depth is not very good. They're not getting a lot else from anyone. And what do they do? They don't have picks. They have a whole bunch of minimum contract guys. Yeah. They're a team that's going to try to figure something out, you would think. You would You right? would think. I mean. The Warriors. You would think. Look, Draymond's going to be back at some point, but they, they've gotten a lift from Jackson Davis, from Pajemski, who's in their starting lineup, but who knows what moves they're going to have up. They, they, they understand this moment. It's like Steph is getting older, and they have to capitalize on this moment now. Um, the Clippers, they made their big move, but they decided to do it earlier, and now you know they've had some better moments. Kawhi's missing some time, so that's hurt them a bit, but you know they should stretch of playing some pretty good basketball after the James Harden deal. OKC has this young squad that's number three in the West right now, and they have all the draft capital out there to take a big swing if they want to this year. So you look up and down, and like there's going to be some stiff competition to make some moves in the West. Yeah. And so it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, all, it feels like it's a challenge every yep. year, right? It always feels like... Oh, if the Kings are looking to make a trade, they don't have the right amount or the right pieces to get this star player or to trade for um, this play. It it just it happens every year. It happens every single year. And I think you know you look back at even when Monty made the trade for Domas Abonis and had to trade good for good. Yeah, and that was trading Tyrese Halliburton. And there's times when you're just like, oh god, and then there's other times you're like. You're okay. It's all going to work out for everybody, it feels like. Um, but you look at this roster right now for the Sacramento Kings, and you see some people on this roster, and their stock 
dropping and you do worry like, okay, well, what are other teams looking for? And sometimes there's other teams that go, I see that player's potential and I know what our system can bring out of them. So you just, again, you never know. It's going to be fascinating. I always love, I always love that time of year, even though I always feel bad for all the players and everything that they have to go through, but it's just like, it's the business and all the rumors and all the things and seeing teams get better and tinkered okay. with. It's you know what? Well, you got to stop being human. All right. Oh, sorry. These are all puzzle pieces. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. No oh. emotions ever. Do not tie emotions to this. We're trading them like it's a, They're it's not a stock. People. Like, like, come on. Yes, I hear. You know what I mean, though? Yes. Yes. And that you should definitely sorry, keep just an eye. No, just for sure. For sure. Bring it back to reality. I do have an important question for you. Oh, no. That we're going to get to in just a second. But I should mention that tonight's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Morgan is going to be, you're going to notice her on a new Northwest Exteriors commercial. That's going to be aired during Kings games and all over California, I'm sure. And you're thinking, oh, Morgan, she's going to be playing Morgan Reagan. Like, hey, it's Morgan Reagan. Get some windows. Nah, 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 nah. Call her Mama Mo Ew. because Morgan's playing a mom and she's got a husband in the and a couple of kids. Yeah, and you have no no speaking. It's just you, like, hey, kids, look at our windows, or hey, I'm picking up the phone. I'm being- yep, just a mom. Yeah, yeah, dusting some shit off a glass I window. I can't wait and, to see uh, it. No. You know, just having some fun being a mom. Your your acting debut. I can't wait to see it. Oh, I'm excited God. to see it, but. You guys should be excited to go see some new windows. Go to Northwest Exteriors. They have a showroom in Rancho Cordova. They're big Kings fans. And uh, getting windows on your house is a great investment. One, makes your house look better. It makes your energy bills cheaper. Keeps your house temperature nice. And not as a mom, but as a podcaster, they've been great for noise canceling. Or if you're a mom and you don't want to hear your dumb kids, then yeah. Playing outside, close the windows. Shut the window, you dumb kids. So go to northwestexteriors.com or check them out in person, Northwest Exteriors, because... Simply the best. Trust Northwest. Appreciate their support of the Deuce and Mo podcast. Thank you. I want to get to my important question. Uh, yeah. my, but before we go there, we have to do a moment of the night. <sighs> this is where I'm going to lean on the YouTube chat. You guys are amazing. Yeah. You guys are amazing. We appreciate you so much because you're here late. Seriously. Um, but now you have to pick our moment. What our is Sharif the moment Jewelers of moment. the game? <laughs> what is the Sharif Jewelers moment of the game? You pick it because we ain't. It's your turn. Leaning I, on I'm you. I'm trying to think. I mean... God, Fox is three-point shooting, by the way. Oh, my God. I mean, I know that's the positive one, and I don't necessarily... Yeah, it is a... Hey, why don't you put that on there? Yeah, your moment could be anything. It could be what Scoot Henderson did. Oh, and I know there's probably eight messages, 18 messages right now. Deuce and Moe on pre- and post-game. There's not. I don't see any. Deuce and Moe on pre- and post-game should be the moment of the game. Uh, Sean says, cheers to Deuce and Mo for doing an absolutely oh. awesome job tonight on TV. Deuce, you look more relaxed and did an awesome job showing your passion. Mo, you also nailed it. You two look sharp. Oh, my God. I seem more relaxed. Yes. Was I not relaxed before? Um, I mean, I think... I think at one point... We... I was super relaxed with Draper. When I was hosting the first game, I was crying my eyes out just like an hour before because I had to take my dog in for surgery. The next game, I felt pretty relaxed. Give Deuce a little feedback and you will yeah, get pushed back. I'm, I'm pushing back on that <laughs> shit. Um, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Though, I was seriously. telling Deuce, too, I felt like this was our our best all around 
pre half and post game show too, just as a duo. And it was, it was really, that part was really fun. What was that one emo song that used to sing when the Kings would lose? It's a blameless night as I lay here sleepless. It's a blameless night and I'm dreaming of you. It's a purple beam that bright, that, that lights up that. Uh, uh, Let's restart uh, that. Uh, uh, Let me. It's a blameless night as I lay here sleepless. It's a blameless night and I lay here for you. Good job. Good job. Good job. Do my emo bang. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Stephen Smith, Smith says the moment Fox and Sabonis wasted 77 points. Oh. That's such a great you know way to put it. Put, we might need to just put that on there. Yes. 77 points and Fox hits a career best seven of 15 from three. Yeah. And they lost. And they lost. To the Blazers. Ugh. Ugh. To the Blazers. To the Blazers. That is just, oh, that's the moment. Okay. That is. That yeah. is. Because it, we need to remember that those guys played. Some great offensive basketball, and that was not going to be enough. One thing I want to look at now is the updated three-point percentage for De'Aaron Fox on the season now after tonight. All right, he's right around 40% still. Okay. Unless that's not updated, but. Well, it should be. Yeah. It, Come on, yeah, NBA. It should be updated. So, well, he was 3 of 11 last game, so that dipped it. So, yeah, he's still at uh, just at 40% from three. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing, too. It was in. Thank you, everyone, that's saying anything about the post-game show, too. Appreciate you. And I thought one of the funnest things about the post-game was just being able to be passionate about how we felt yeah. uh, immediately after. And it led into, obviously, the bad parts of the game. But it was nice reflecting back on, like, dude, but De'Aaron, what a special guy. Dude, Sabonis didn't get his third straight triple double, but my God, was he still doing a lot? And you, or in losses, you don't always get that. Well, and I think that's my bigger point where looking big picture as we take a step back with this team as we approach 30 games. Fox is having an incredible season. Yep. And Sabonis has been playing some really good basketball, and Keegan looks like he's taking a step. You can't waste these opportunities. And I think that's my next question for you, Morgan, is like, oh, yeah. do question. you think in a weird way that the Kings, they're a 17 and 12. Mm -hmm. And we've just talked so much about how they lost tonight and how they've been losing some of these games that in a way, this is good that this is happening now where they still have a bit of a cushion. They're above 500. They're going into a softer part of the schedule and if you're in the front office, like, you know, the weaknesses and now it's like, okay, we kind of have a, they're like last, last trade deadline when they didn't, they weren't really active at all. They made yeah. the one deal for Kessler. It Edwards. wasn't clear. It, it wasn't was like, clear. Hey, like we're good and we're surpassing expectations. Don't now. screw let's, with this. Let's see what this looks like. Let's just yeah. see what it looks like for a year. And that's what they did. And they got yes. to the playoffs before. But Love now that. it's like they have last year's sample size to go by the playoffs to go by. And now a 30 game chunk here. It's almost good that this is happening now as opposed to, you know. I agree. Late I, January. No, no, no. And I think that is such a fair angle. I, th I think for some people it's like, it should happen never. Of course. Wouldn't life be perfect? But 
I, I think seeing those flaws happening now, especially one before a trade deadline, um, far enough ahead of trade deadline, but two, like just so you get more of a feel of what this roster and what this team is in this conference. I think that feel is so apparent. They are consistently inconsistent with some of their uh, losses. And when I say that, they're consistent with them all being bad, right? But the inconsistency is just like the way that they are just playing out there on the floor is, oh, this isn't your style, but maybe it is. Maybe this is more of your identity than we even thought. And there's times where I even go to Mike Brown and how he is managing a few things. But I think it's because he's also trying out so many new things, whether it's his uh, new offensive style or expecting more out of guys on the defensive end. And sure, it's not working, but that those are the only times where I go, uh, it's tough for me to be like, you need a change, you need a change, because I do believe in continuity and building, 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 but tweak, tweak, tweak. In the chat, Jay Scott says, too much positivity, Deuce. This is too many blowouts. Uh, Jay Scott, I don't know. Did you just turn on the podcast and listen to the last like 37 seconds That's it. or did you watch any of like the post game show tonight on TV or like listen to 95% of this? I mean, we've mm-hmm. been pretty down on things uh, tonight and we, all we were saying is like, is it good in a way that the front office has more clarity to see like, Oh, they're 17 and 12. It's not, they're not 12 and 17 right now going, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like this is completely gone ass backwards it's like all right there's 17 and 12 they've got some nice wins okay there's some ugly losses there there's some common things we're noticing that were killing us last year that are killing us again this year we got to make these tweaks if we're going to go to the next step that was my point to all that it wasn't like sugarcoating it i'm just saying like hey i don't think i don't think they really think and if they do who gives a shit like (laughs) next thing i need from the chat yeah Who's a rock and soul player oh, yeah. of the game? We decided we were going to let you guys decide that too. Because this was one of those ones. It's like, oh, oh. I mean, you could be like, oh, let's give it to Fox. But, you know. Who are you trying to give it to, Deuce? Um, I think you can make a case for the Blazer. Going with a Blazer. Like, whether you go with Scoot Henderson, the rookie, who's had a tough year. Um this season for the Blazers or their other rookie who's, you know, has experience playing, but is a rookie. And that is Duop wreath. Hopefully I'm saying that completely right. Duop wreath who had 25 points tonight, nine rebounds off the bench. And that is a career high, a new career high for him. Good and, for him. I mean, that's just, that's a good story. No, it, it, it really is. And I think, I, I I love these stories. I mean, think about his journey. He's 27 years old. He started his college career at Lee College and went to LSU, was undrafted in 2018. He's bounced around playing basketball wow. all over the world. And then um, he joined the Blazers Summer League team. Then he signed a one-year deal with Portland in early October. He was weighed before the start of the season. Then he re-signed to a, two-day, uh, to a two-way contract. So... I don't know. I just think that's a cool story for a guy who is fighting to be in the league. Yeah. 
to get to the NBA, he finally gets there and he has a career night. Well, then am I being too nice? No, screw it. It's hey, when you have that awful of defense, you're giving it to the other team. So Duop Wreath. Yep. Duop Wreath. Congratulations. You are our rock and soul player of the game. And just a little more perspective on his game. Yeah. He has been scoring in double figures a lot lately. In fact, he's done it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the last 10 games for the Blazers. So good for him. Yeah. It, it, I don't, you probably don't know this answer, how long Aiton's been out. So I wonder how long of an opportunity he's been able to really showcase his talent. And Well, Aiton just missed tonight. He played last game. Okay. That's, yeah. what, that's what I was, I yeah. didn't know that. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, that's so cool that he's just really getting those moments and those opportunities and stepping up in his minutes. So, congratulations to Drop Wreath, who is our Rock and Soul player of the game. Go to Rock and Soul in Sacramento. You want breakfast for dinner? Duh. Or you can get lunch and dinner, whatever you want. They're at 10th and S in downtown Sacramento, just six blocks away from Gold One Center. They got deals. If you go there during Kings games, you get some discounts. Just mention that you heard about them on the Deuce and Mo podcast, or if it's a game day and you want to go there before going over the Golden One Center, show your game ticket. You get discounts as well. So appreciate their support of the Deuce and Mo podcast. All right, Morgan Reagan. Next up, the Atlanta Hawks. <sighs> what does Shaq do when he? What's his hawk noise he makes? Wasn't that? Oh no, Birdman, Birdman. I was thinking okay. of Birdman. So. Or maybe it's maybe that's what I was thinking of. Birdman, Birdman. Well, no, is that what he says for Birdman? Is Birdman, Birdman? Yeah. Does he get cock off for the... Maybe. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Really? I don't even remember that. Um, This Hawks team has been disappointing, too. There's rumors that they are shopping DeJounte Murray already, which is crazy. Already. After what they gave up to get him. Our old friend Bogey's been playing well for them this year off the bench. Bogdan Bogdanovich. So, Bogey revenge game. That's one. <laughs> no. Um, no, 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 no. You don't want that? I do not want that. Uh, Trey Young. What, what's Trey Young? I mean, Trey Young, I feel like, is he's, always... He's putting up numbers this yep. year like he always does. Always does, but then, you he's know... He's been playing some good basketball this year. Let's see. Their last... So, tonight, he had 21 points in their loss to the Chicago Bulls, yeah, he, which is Tough shooting loss. night. 6 of 17 shooting. Uh, on the season, he's averaging 28 points a game, 43% shooting, 38% from three. He also is averaging 11 Point three assists per game this year. For, okay. So, I mean, 28 and 11 assists, and that is a career high in both of those points and assists. Can I be honest? You and can I'm, be honest. I'm, I'm gonna, so glad you're going to be honest. Thank you. Morning. I was worried be, about okay, that. Okay, so shut up. Um, so, can I be honest? Yeah. Um, uh, I have not watched a game of the Atlanta Hawks this season. That's fine. No, no, no. I, I don't... I don't... I know it's fine. I'm just saying, like, I... Looking at them, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I know all their players and everything, but I'm like... You go, they should be better than 12 and 18, right? 100%. But but it's also not surprising because from what I remember just watching even last year and just moments and being like, oh, yeah, like, this is what it is. Uh, I know there's also good moments when it seemed like Trey Young and DeJounte Murray were coming together, but this year I'm like, what what are they? I need to watch some more Hawks before the Kings take them on Friday, but... um, yeah, I want well, to see what Clint Capella, what what kind of big he's going to be. I mean, just looking at him averaging close to two blocks a game. Bogey, by the way, averaging just under 18 points a game this mm. year, coming off the bench for them. Jalen Johnson just got back. He's been pretty solid for them this year. 
Uh, but they have lost three in a row, losing to Miami, Memphis, and Chicago. After starting nine and nine, they are three and nine in their last 12 games. Mm-hmm. So they're 12 and 18 on the season. Uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those games where, to me, I, I said this on post game with you, like, I don't really care who they play. It, and that's the Kings focus. It doesn't matter who they play. Respond. Just respond. respond. I, I mean, I res- res- good teams come out. You come out and you go beat the Hawks by 15. We're having an eye check on. That's how you respond. But if this turns into a theme where it's like, oh, man, mm-hmm. they're struggling. This Hawks team just hit 23s tonight. Got some serious uh, issues. So I guess we'll find out coming up on Friday. <sighs> Friday, yeah. And today's Tuesday? Yeah. What? It seems like a lot of days. Well, it's now Wednesday because it's after midnight. Okay, so it's now, but Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the Kings are staying the night in Portland and then flying to Atlanta tomorrow. Okay, well, get your shit done. A, a new tradition that we've had lately has been um, final thoughts. You have any final thoughts? It could be anything about this game, your life, how your Christmas was, what anything you would like to share with the audience in our final thoughts. My final thoughts are... Um, it's funny, just talking about the Hawks made me realize, like, I was like, why don't I know enough about the Hawks? And then it bothered me, and it's, I've been a little behind on, like, my going around the NBA, watching more NBA, and listen, I listen to a lot of NBA podcasts, yeah. but I just haven't as of late, and I go, why? I'm like, holidays, and a dog going paralyzed, and just, like, being on the road. Yeah. It was just, like, it was a lot. And I'm excited, because tonight... Like, I thought we had a really good Kings uh, pre-half and post-game show, and I felt just more clear-headed tonight and everything compared to what we even did on our last night chat, and it just feels really good to be back. Good. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. I felt really good, too. Uh, My final thought, solid Christmas. Oh. Christmas. Oh. Things I would do better next year, but all things considered, it's one of my favorite times of the year. Got some good family time. Carlin is trending in a better direction. Snoring. You might be able to hear him snoring in the background. Um, and then my last thought is, hey, 17 and 12. Still like 52 games left, something like mm-hmm. that. Just be patient here. Let's let's just see how it plays out. No, the, the, panic, the panic button that some of you may be hitting right now, there, I don't. I don't even know where it's at. I'm going, where is that pen? It's in the closet. I, I don't even know if it's in there. Oh, is it? In I the have it in storage. Oh wow! I I don't have it even remotely out. I like it. So, yeah. Do they have some things to figure out? They sure do. I'm not hitting the panic button, and you better not either. Put it away. <laughs> uh, we love you guys so 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 much. We appreciate your support. Make sure to drop some comments below. Make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe. We got to go. We love you guys. But we I already said that. I just wanted to add we love you. (laughs) Thank you all for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, 
ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.